You're listening to Evolution Exchange Podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the region. I'm Casey, Principal Consultant in Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and I help connect businesses with tech talent. Today, I'm your host. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Evolution Exchange. On today's podcast, we will be discussing the challenges in transformation within insurance. I'm delighted to be joined by three senior thought leaders within the transformation and insurance space. Just to get this started, I'd like to give the panelists a chance to introduce themselves and what they do. So maybe we can start with Ishu. Hi, hi, Casey. Thanks for having me here. Um, a quick, quick about bit my about myself. So I'm in the insurance and banking industry for more than a decade now, and especially the last uh, seven, eight years, I have been really focusing more on the digital transformation uh, across insurance companies. So in my latest role, I'm heading digital transformation with uh, Singlife Financial Advisory, uh, where we I'm really looking at how I build an ecosystem where there are more there's transformation and there are more distribution and customer engagements. So that's what I am doing. Thanks for having me again. Perfect. And Radhi? Okay, so good morning and good morning to my fellow panelists. Um, I'm Radhi Sham. I head the transformation function for Alliance Technology. Um, I'm probably bringing in a little bit more gray hair to the panel. Um, <laughs> this is my 30th year in the technology field and the last 20 plus have been on the insurance space. Um, I've been with Alliance for about one and a half year, um, um, and uh, my key role within the organization is to industrialize what we do and how we do it, um, which is a very broad term um, where we transform using technology so that we are able to be profitable, sustainable, as well as better serve our customers. Earlier to Alliance has been nearly 20 years in another large insurance company, AIG, playing various roles. Um, across the markets. So um, so this is an area which is very close to my heart. So happy to be part of the panel and share my experience. Perfect. And last but not least, Nirupam. Yeah, hi, Cassie, and, uh, and good to meet you, Ishu and uh, Rade. Yeah, so a little bit on myself. So so I've been in the insurance industry for more than 15 years now. Uh, I've been with Liberty for 12 years, have played various roles. So I've been, uh, I led the claims organization, uh, then I was responsible for uh, Lean Six Sigma transformation in the region. And in my most recent role, I'm leading a global digital transformation, saying that uh, we are launching a, a new ecosystem, uh, which is uh, a new ways of working. It has a component of tools, uh, processes, and uh, new agile ways of working. And the ultimate goal of this program is to help Liberty build you know, billion, billion dollar pods across the world. So it's a very ambitious goal. Uh, we want to be a top three PNC insurer, and this is uh, probably one of the biggest driver for us to reach that goal. So yeah, very excited to share my experience in digital transformation on this panel. Okay. Thank you everyone for your introduction. So as we can uh, all hear and then understand, all three panelists are experts in their field. And so I'm very honored to be part of this knowledge sharing session today. So great to have you guys on the podcast with me. So let's get started. Now we talk about transformation. So transformation seems to be something that every company is speaking of and undergoing. So that makes me go, you know, why? So maybe to kick off this podcast, I'd like to pose this question. What are some of the short and long-term drivers for transformation within insurance? Why do companies go through in, uh, transformation? 
not to put you in the spot, but maybe we can go with right here first. All right, thank, thanks for the opportunity. Um, let me start with the long-term drivers. Um, so the, I, I would say approximately about three, four um, points to highlight from a long-term driver point of view. Um, it's usually improve the top line, which means the market share, market presence, introduction of new products and services into the market. Um, second would be um, time to market. What it takes for us to introduce a service, because um, whoever get, comes into the market space first is probably going to get a larger market share. So this is another driver, uh, uh, usually from a long term perspective. Um, there could also be a bottom line. There's no one single reason. Uh, there could be a focus on bottom line to say how we manage the operations aspects of it, how we ma how we manage to optimize our way, how we deliver our, our our best of the ability so that the digital operation or trans. Uh, is, is undertaken and add value to the bottom line of the organization. And uh, the next one would be ability to forecast and do forward-looking planning in many areas using data and technology, artificial intelligence and other areas where this, this is a key part of what we do as an actuarial science within the insurance industry. So these are some of the long-term levers. Uh, in addition to this is always the customer journey and the employee experience, which adds to this uh, from an overall experiential point of view. And the theory is always um, a happy employee will always result in a happy customer. So how you orchestrate these aspects and present it and put it in the right context will result in a um, top line and uh, top line growth naturally, right? Now, if you look at short term, um, the short term of uh, transformation of uh, uh, drivers are usually market corrections and market adjustments. Um, this could be from either a competitor who's coming in introducing something new to the market and how you how that's going to play a part. Second could be regulation, um, where the regulation might require certain adjustments and changes that needs to happen to the way you operate or reach out to the customer and how you do your reserving, etc. Um, third could be situation that's unpredictable like COVID, right? Because uh, COVID was a ma massive catalyst in driving some of the uh, transformation. Um, though it started as a short term, it could also be a medium to long term as well in certain areas and certain products based on how you look into it. So to me, I see these as the key catalyst that either um, drive either a long term view to say how we want to play a part, uh, the short term to medium term view to say what it would predominantly um, influence um, a transformation journey within an organization. Let me pass here and uh, Happy to see others' opinion on this topic. Yeah, I, I think I can go next. Um, thanks, Radhe. I think that is really a broad view and quite relevant for the industry we are in. I think I'm going to take a step back on really talking about why are we even talking about transformation? What really is a transformation? Are we trying to transform the way we are dealing with the customers? Are we trying to transform the way we are doing the internal processes? I think the bottom line and the top line is something which the companies look forward to. So I think the transformation today really is no more about the customer journey or the touch points. It's an overall transformation, not just externally, but internally as well. Um, it, I think what all the companies are trying to drive is to get the success one way or the other. So and, and, and having different transformation journeys for the customer, I think is, is something a no brainer as well as if you're not doing that, then you are really lacking behind. So I think that is quite unsaid in this, like goes goes unsaid these days. How you are doing it and what are the drivers? 
I think pandemic and the COVID has taught us well on how people have adopted the different way of technology uses usage of technology uh, and especially the way insurance industry has come forward, not just the customers as well as the, the distribution channels going directly to the customers. I think that the, that has really broadened up. So how I see the short term drivers would still be the technology and digital would taking the lead in the next probably would continue. They are already leading the way people are doing and transforming the businesses that will continue for the next probably a couple of years. I think the long term would be a lot of focus on AI. I think companies are understanding the importance of having artificial intelligence built into the various tools and processes we are doing. Even we as an insurance company, right? We provide services to the customers, but who provides the services for, for a company like ours? We are heavily dependent on our distribution channels. Uh, which is our agents going out and selling it to the customers. So the service of the, the service quality of what you are giving it to the customers totally dependent on the capability of the agents, which honestly is a black box for us uh, because we don't know what happens on the appointments and so on. So what probably a long term vision in insurance industry or the long term driver is how I see this would be an AI, how we equip our agents to really see what they are doing on the appointments how we can better equip them, equip them and better skill them so that they are doing the right things the right way so that there is a is, is, is a balance in what we are saying the transformation so for me the transformation is really success one way or the other yeah yeah so let me let me go next i think good 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 excellent points uh Ishu and Rade. Uh, so, so let me let me just uh, trace back on my experience in the last 15 years so you know, every three to five years, I've seen that you know the companies have have uh, tried to disrupt the way do do things. Uh, but what I notice now is what you're trying to do is probably something which is which is probably at a different scale uh, that than what we've done in the past. And I think uh, the point that issue you're stressing on on using data and AI to make decisions. I think that's a big change that I'm seeing in the way we do. Uh, transmission now in the past i think transformation was all about you know optimizing processes uh, you know in, improving uh, the 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 value chain but i think now it's all about you know how do we get uh, data to help uh, you know make decisions uh, you know have uh, you know ai and robots work closely with the people i think that's probably a big change that's that's happening and i think i think to give an example right in, in my company um, earlier, when you talk about claims and claim processing, it was uh, a lot of uh, decision making was on the people uh, who, who would make decisions whether to pay the claim or not, and what was the claims amount to pay it out. But now it's about you know getting the right, right data and then you know making a recommendation saying what needs to be paid out. And, and for the people, it's just about evaluating the information and then you know just just uh, do the final step of uh, settling the claim. Uh, so for me, I think if I think about long term drivers, a lot of focus will be on people and culture. And I say that uh, uh, because, uh, you know, uh, without without the support of the people, you know, this this uh, most of the transformations has failed, will fail. And I think the difference now is that uh, probably going back to the basics of Kaizen, right, where we want to empower every person to be able to make the improvements. I think now we need to bring back that culture where every person in the value chain is able to you know decide what needs to be automated and and give him those tools you know so that uh, he or she can make the decisions and automation so for me uh, that would be a very important driver 
the second thing is around you know let's go back to our processes and go beyond just optimizing processes so can we disrupt the processes can we make use of the ecosystem players out there uh, for example you know, the singapore government has the mind for initiative so can we use that in you know, a mind for api to to collect the the right customer information so that you know we don't need to collect the information and third would be probably you know let's let's relook into the technology stack and identify what are the the right tools that we need to uh, use which kind of uh, facilitates uh, uh, digital transformation again you know we need to move to a world where we are more open about sharing data and information obviously within the regulatory constraints but that's the only way we can really disrupt our processes and fourth the um, point would be again revaluating uh, restating what uh, uh, issue you were saying is about you know how do we use data to make all these things come together and empower uh, you know the people to make uh, decisions so i think uh, this i feel will be the key drivers to uh, you know make a successful digital transformation okay Okay. Well, thanks everyone for sharing. I mean, it, it's very interesting because everyone has a lot of experience in insurance um, and yet everyone has different reasons or, or rather different drivers for your own transformation journeys in your own capacity, even though it all ties ties in together, everyone has a very different perspective. So that's very interesting. It could be because transformation is a very broad term. Um, but yeah, I, I find that quite interesting. So I think this segues very nice. Yeah. In my view, mm. we are not very far off from what you said. Right? Um, the only distinction I would make to my other co-panelists is um, the technology here is an enabler because your destination is still will be market share uh, or the growth in top line or your operational efficiency or ability to make a decision or improve your customer experience or customer journey or customer acquisition in this particular case. Um, so if your objective and aims are those things where you're trying to transform from your current state where you are, if you want to put it for the sake of discussion an analog state to a digital state, technology is an enabler in this areas. So when you say technology, it's a, it's a broad compilation of many different platforms here from cloud to the way we use our data, the way the artificial intelligence plays a part, the, how, how the the digitization of the platforms and made it into infrastructure as a code, the DevOps, how the how you reach your the, the time to market plays a part. To me, those are all uh, uh, accelerators who provides the ability for us to reach to the market a little bit more faster than what traditionally is today, right? So I don't think we are very far off from yeah. the point of uh, uh, the drivers per se, uh, but just uh, we all agreeing very uh, vehemently the technology is a catalyst in this area and almost every single transformation today uh, makes use of technology um, as a key enabler to transform us and the transformation is really rapid. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I agree. I think we all have been talking about the same thing. I think it's just putting off different words in a different context while some have talked about like Radhe has talked about really a broad level of what exactly is the ultimate goal of each company is to have the market share, is to be the number one in the company, is to have the best processes in place. But how would you do that? The drivers at the moment are the catalyst and the enablers, as we said, 
is the technology and making sure that you're doing things the right way. You are just not running after digital and technology. I think that's is a given these days. How you modernize your technology stack is something everyone is trying to achieve. I, I, I have one question um, um, on, on this. So with tech changing, I mean, there, there's new tech um, that comes up every three to five years, right? I think that's probably the range. But for huge companies, with enterprise companies with a lot of dependencies on core systems, um, to have to change tech every three years, I mean, that's not uh, feasible, right? It's, it's way too costly as well. So how do you go past that? Or, or rather, how do you... Um, I mean, how do you get past this obstacle if it's one? Or go, go ahead, for, go, go, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So for, for my case, Casey, I have not, honestly, you have said three to five years. I've not heard core systems changing three to five years. It is only the front systems which gets changed, which you are just trying to modernize the way, the look and feel, and of course, how the tools may look like. But of course, as you said, the one of the major challenge for especially for insurance industry is those core systems where the, your customer data, your policies data is staying on those systems which you are not willing to move to different technologies. And those are extremely costly, requires huge investment to maintain over the years. I We know that it has been a major, major challenge. Do have we able to resolve that? Are we able to move that every three to five years? The answer is no. I think everyone in their capacity is trying to find a balance that how they try to do the investment the right way for probably the 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 future the the future transformation. But honestly, some of some of the company is still very much on their legacy systems and are really not moving or not really transforming that space. I think we are still trying to work out our ways how we still keep the legacy systems and still. Uh, modernize the other way of doing it but as you said there, there there there's a lot of thought process going on and how we move different legacy systems was honestly some of some of even the bigger insurer companies are living with it for now so my, my take in this case is uh, this is a balancing act yeah uh, it's a uh, so there's a balancing act between from a financial point of view your capital investment and benefit realization and Cathy now catching up with our technology debts and how we moderate our technology debts. So um, if you're going to go through a cycle where we change and an organization like mine is 150 years old, you will obviously have um, a certain amount of uh, legacy platforms and technology debts, and it will not be uh, financially viable to refresh every single platform to the latest uh, uh, latest available or changes and from a technology platform on a, on a every three year cycle. Normally we have a life cycle management as part of the any platform or product that we bring into that. So that the life cycle of the platform is kept current. Um, I think the issue alluded to that in uh, in the way we see it is a, a product life cycle for any core platform is over seven to 10 years time frame. That's how we've seen it because that's when you realize your benefits from your past investment, CapEx investments, and start to realize the maturity uh, from a point of view of our development. Core insurance product mostly remain common, but where the change happen and where the, where the newer investment happen is how it interacts with the customer. Um, that's what has changed dramatically through to the, uh, the, the, the way uh, one behavior of the customer themselves. Customer demography is changing. 
many of them are mobile, right? So there's a huge efforts being made on how we integrate or how we how we how we bring the existing platforms to the customer so that the customer journey is fulfilled according to the latest uh, the demographic needs, and also how we engage with the partners. Um, in our case, it's usually the insurance agents and the brokers who are our key partners. Um, and some of this engagement here will be dictated by the maturity of the partners themselves. Um, industrial partners uh, who are brokers by nature uh, will have their own standards that we need to comply with. Um, so that it's the, the preference is more on compliance security because it's customer data which plays a part rather than the uh, most early recent up-to-date new, new platform that's just been brought in. But obviously, it will be kept current in alignment with the product lifecycle management. So in, in most organizations, these are today uh, a process that are in place, which oversees the upkeep of the platform and the technology that looks into it. And where there is an essential need to extend that platform to meet the set objective, whether it's a customer interaction or a partner interaction or operational efficiency, those platforms are targeted and enhanced to provide that view. 100% refresh happens based on the product lifecycle that each organization chooses for themselves. Yeah, so and just just to add to uh, just to add a flavor to what Radha is saying, I think uh, uh, reducing the dependency on the core systems. Right, so earlier we you know we used to have a lot of business rules uh, in those core systems. So the idea is how do we uh, decouple, reduce dependencies on that, and you know. Use use some modern tools based on microservice architecture so that you know those those components can then be exposed. So you're not really dependent on one tool or technology, but you have a variety of uh, technology to use. So the idea is you know how to decouple, and then you know of course taking security into consideration and ensure that you have uh, the best way of uh, exposing this uh, to the end end customer. So uh, the idea is you know don't don't depend on those just legacy core systems and reduce the dependencies on them. Okay. Oh, thanks for for enlightening us and also the listeners on on all this. I think it's it's always interesting to to consider when a big company wants to undergo transformation. There, there are a lot of dependencies on legacy systems and a lot of inertia as well because it's so big. Um. So yeah, I think. Interesting to find out a little more. So I want to pull this back a bit instead of speaking so much about transformation, this very broad and cold term. So I want to bring it in and make it a bit more personal. So I wanted to ask, um, everyone's transformation is, is different, right? So I just wanted to get to know everyone a little bit more also uh, and understand how did your transformation get started? No one starts out, uh, don't apply for a transformation engineer job or a transformation consultant. So how did your journey start? I mean, maybe we can start with issue. Always ladies first. <laughs> it, it, it's so hard to be just the, the only lady in the, the podcast. Okay. So I'll, I'll take that honor. I'll take, I'll, I'll consider that as an honor, Casey. So for my case, honestly, I have never been, okay, I have done my all my college and schooling and everything very much IT specific um, in my bachelor's, then my master's and so on. But honestly, IT and technology was something was not something I ever wanted to be in this industry. I thought I'll always be a banker more in the finance sector. I think IT is not something for me. And I always associated IT with coding. Honestly, like this, this used to be my thought process when like uh, uh, when I did my schooling like long time back. Uh, and my my college and so on. But uh, 
where actually I started my career as a banker. And that's where I was very much in touch with my technology teams as well, because I've always on. I don't know. I've got these opportunities to always be in this focus groups where you are always evolving the customer journey and the user journey. And I really love the, 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 the job I was doing. And then when I moved to Singapore, I actually wasn't even then in transformation since I was looking really again uh, a job in the banking industry. That's where I wanted to leverage on what I have done. So I took a role as a change manager because that's where my expertise lies. So more than transformation, I'm a change management practitioner for like many, many years now. I have been giving my services to the companies where they spend like millions and millions of dollars on tools and platforms. And then you have all these resistance to change. And then when you have, don't have the right strategy, a right change management plans, plans, you, you your transformation really is a, a, a failure because really the change management could really make a project success or a failure. So that's where my expertise lies. And that's where I started in this industry by giving my expertise in the change management by working with transformation teams and really looking into that area. Since then, I think with one project to another project to another project, and then that has gave me the, the, the entire idea of not like that I know everything, but a good idea of how insurance industry is, how the transformation is happening, where are the pain points, what is right probably for my distributors, because I have been managing uh, distribution channels all the way from a, like tied agencies to partnership distribution to our independent brokers. Um, and even uh, for that matter, our direct agents as well. So after looking at those 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 different distribution channels, it gives me a, a good idea on where the transformation where the transformation begins, not where it ends, but where it begins. What is really are the pain points and so on. And from moving to from a change manager all the way to heading the distribution uh, transformation, digital transformation, it has been like a, a, a roller coaster ride. A lot of learning experiences. I'm still learning. But yes, that is not something an area I, I ever like imagined myself in. <laughs> I always wanted to be a banker and I started with that. But yes, that's where my fate took me. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing and really a learning experience, especially the space we are in these days. The, uh, probably, probably the way the technology is moving, the digitalization is moving and insurance for that matter. I, I'm really happy with that space. Yeah. I'll let Nirupam go for next because I keep <laughs> the timeline the issue. Sure, no problem. Uh, yeah, so for me, right, I started my career as a, as a consultant and I was, uh, you know, consulting uh, businesses uh, on, on cost optimization, new business setup. Uh, then I decided, you know, let me go uh, go join an insurance company and, and let me get hands on managing operations. And uh, so I spent a significant amount of time. Uh, managing the claims uh, organization, and there I saw, you know, there's a lot of opportunities in, in optimizing, improving processes, and and it got me excited. So I launched some transformation programs within my organization, and and I I, I kind of thought, you know, probably this is this something I could uh, do for a living. So I decided to then uh, take it up uh, at a much broader broader scale uh, at the regional level, as driving some uh, some big transformations. And then I said, you know what, I need to probably go a little bit more hands-on and learn technology. So, so then I came back. Uh, I I became a CIO for 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 operations Singapore and Hong Kong. Got very hands-on in technology. So yeah, so I, I spent time going hands-on and just to see how it feels, you know, doing things, running things, and and then now now that I've picked up skills, both in managing operations, knowing how the tools work. So I decided now it's time again to come back and then you know 
offer my services uh, at a much broader level. So now as I'm, I'm leading this um, from a much more global perspective. So the digital transformation across different business units. So, uh, so yeah, so I think uh, my passion has always been transformation and how I've navigated and built myself as, you know, learning the tools and techniques along the way, going hands-on uh, so that, you know, when I'm offering my uh, solutions, I know that it has, it worked because I have used it. I've, I've driven the change and uh, that has really helped me convince uh, the business. I think, uh, as issue said, right, change management is probably one of the most difficult things when it comes to uh, digital transformation. And, and, and when you go in front of business leaders, you know, you, you need to say that I've done it and this is what, uh, what has, has worked for me. So I think um, this is how I kind of prepared myself for, for transformation. Excellent. Uh, the way I view the transformation is like um, changing a tire of a car while it's still driving. Right. So um, the, which means there's a strong emphasis on two part, two things. One, how the business works. And the second part is the um, what you are transforming and subsequently um, ability to do the transformation itself from change from where the current state is to the future state. Um, so my journey, I was never an IT guy. I came from accounting, finance and economics side of the story, been but last 30 years nearly been on, a, on running technology as a business. So I come from a very strong business background and used and been into the technology space for a very long time. And the way I, I led my early part of my consulting life or investment management side and the last 20 plus, 23 years plus on the insurance side has been, um, it has given me the whole nine yards of how the business runs, how the business operation runs, and where does the technology play a part. Um, few things that we normally need to look into it, right? Because when you do it, when you say you're doing transformation, you're changing the organization while it's still running, which means you need to understand the impact. You need to understand potential changes, how you're going to measure success, how you're going, and there's never an end to transformation because it's an ongoing continuous improvement one after another. And you need to have the attitude to learn continuously and adopt your learning back to the transformation so that the change move forward to that. So that's something that I, for very painful reasons, seem to enjoy it. And um, I, I've been doing this for a fairly large time for uh, from, a, from a region level to a country level to a practice level or to a product level based on the circumstances, right? Um, so the, the area where it, where it keeps me interested is the technology to me is the easy part in all this thing. It's the people and the culture, which is the most um, challenging part. Um, so uh, um, in my view of the world, um, we, we, we grab technology as an enabler today. And if I have to put my journey into a time box, I spend nearly 70% of my time on the people side, 30% uh, on the technology and the platform side. So if we can get the buy-in and if we can have the right people to accept the change, if we have the right leadership to that accepts the change and you're able to moderate the change and accept the change and continuously have the, have the culture of continuous improvement built into that particular process, um, you would see an acceptance of success because the question of how you measure a success or transformation is a key part. Um, and, and this is a challenging question because there's no end to transformation. It just leads from one stop to another stop. So how do you keep the measure? Which means uh, your ability to take the feedback and continuously improve. And how do you want to take that people to people engagement 
um, to ensure everybody is buying into the transformation message and everybody complies and accept the transformation message as being key. And um, as, like I said, majority, most of my time is spent on the people side um, and making sure the changes are reflected in the right area. And um, I slowly got into this uh, over a period of time through my career. Uh, I, was, I spent time as a CIO for very large practices, regional CIO for very large regions. I ran the operations as COO, and uh, that slowly got me the exposure that I require from either from a country level, practice level, from a region level, from a overall corporate level. And um, that puts you in a position to have a broader horizon and you can make the right decisions and right guidance and right influence to all stakeholders so that you can guide them in the right direction. So that's been my career path. And I spend a lot of time with the people and that's something that I enjoy. So uh, that's uh, keeping me in the game so far. Well, thanks for sharing everybody. I guess I, I think all three of my um, panelists also agree that there's never, the, it's not about the best way. I think there are always better ways. It's continuous, it's constant. And I guess that's what keeps it exciting and interesting for everybody in the transformation space. Um, and I think with that, we'll probably come to the end of our podcast. Um, and so I'd like to thank again, everyone for joining, everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs>